0: So as I mentioned earlier, we're in a series called Magnetic Church, today is the fourth part of that and this afternoon we're looking at church planting and uh, how we're going to do that this afternoon is in the form of two interviews. So Josh and Ellie are going to interview Christian. And then Christian is going to interview Josh and Ellie, and let's just admire the beautiful setup here with the chairs and the plants. Um, Rosie and I will <laughs> take all credit. Um, but yeah, so uh, I'll just hand them straight over. I think Josh is starting.
1: Great, thanks, Freya. your
0: mic. Oh,
1: sorry. This is definitely the comfiest church meeting I think we've ever had. Yeah. So, like Freya said, we've been doing a series at G2 over the last few weeks on magnetic church and the idea behind magnetic church is we're trying to engage with the mission of the church so we're trying to ask questions of what's it mean to be an attractive church what's it mean to draw people in and what are the different ways we can think about that so we've been looking at it in lots of different angles and like prayer says we're going to be thinking a bit about church planting this afternoon so this is christian if you don't know who christian is you should recognize him he's the guy with the dog collar And we're gonna spend the first 10 minutes or so just unpacking Christian's brain. Christian has planted churches before. This is one of the churches that Christian's been involved with planting. So he's got some experience, and he knows what he's talking about. Would you say that's true? A little bit, yeah. Good, so, (laughs) Christian, why don't you tell us what church planting is? What does it mean to say that we're gonna be
2: thinking about church planting? Yeah, okay. So, um, church planting I think covers a whole Range of new <laughs> initiatives. Um, and so you maybe have an example fixed in your head and that probably will be one example of what church planting could be. But I think there could be all sorts of examples. It would include um, starting a new church, but it might include um, kind of restarting a church, maybe a church that's kind of uh, struggling and it has a fresh vision or a fresh uh, launch. It could include... Um, transplanting one group into uh, uh, another uh, building or another location so a good example of that would be David Watson who um, moved nearly 50 years ago to York and then about 45 years ago he he transplanted the St. Cuthbert's Mm -hmm. Church which is now the House of Prayer um, into what we all know as St. Michael of Elfrey which had a small um, but dwindling (coughs) congregation And then that church kind of came to new life. So that that church had been there a long time, but it it came into a fresh phase of what God was doing. So it was like a new thing. Um, So church plants might include things that are done in buildings, but it might include, for example, things that meet in homes, which is one of the most common labels used in the book of Acts to describe the church that meets in somebody's home. It might be uh, in a public space. And it could also include things that the the Church of England calls the fresh expressions of church, which are things that are deliberately focused on a group of people who may not be uh, attracted to an existing form of church somewhere in the city. And increasingly, no culture is changing. People aren't all the same. um, And so uh, we need to find uh, not every church kind of connects with everybody. So there are gaps in our community. There are people who couldn't connect with maybe some of the churches that are already in the city and so somebody needs to uh, plant a church that could reach those people. So a a very broad range of activities all about new mission.
3: So if we were to be asking you why a church should plant, you've touched on that already. I think a lot of people here, some of the questions we might have could be if there's already loads of churches, for example in a city like York, why start a new one? And
2: why not invest in the churches that are already there, for example? Firstly, I'd wind it back and say, um, planting should be the normal, that's the way we should think about it. Because if you think about it, any church you know of, at some point got started. So at some point, every church, whether it's the oldest one you can imagine or the newest one, it got planted. So that, that's how churches came to uh, exist and it's just because we're born today in our generation in our society that we imagine a church building on every street corner uh, lots of churches in a place and so we we presume that the landscape of churches is static but I think it's much more in the heart of God that that it's a dynamic, living changing adaptive thing so I think the healthy life of all the churches in any city would include the overspilling of that energy into establishing and starting um, new churches. But we also know uh, new churches uh, do better at uh, reaching new residents, new generations, new people, and are uh, better at reaching people who don't go to church. So that's just the kind of functional dynamic of new churches. So, people that research church planting really see it as just a form of evangelism. That one of the best ways to evangelize a city is is to start more churches. Mm. And I would say if you are talking about church planting, you're not you you're also including in that and the churches that already exist. So it's not that you're against anything, it's it's both. So we want the churches that are already there to do well mm. and to grow, but we also want to reach more people. So it's great, for example, at G2, we've got quite a lot of students here. But Compared to the number of students in the city, there's hardly any students here. So in order to reach more students, we probably need to both grow what we're doing here, but also other things need to start to reach more people. That sounds nice, but as,
1: as a church, uh, and there's a lot of people that commit a lot of time, and a lot of energy, you might think, Oh, we can't start. Something. We couldn't possibly start something new because I'm already playing keyboard every week. Yeah. I'm. Already, I'm preaching twice a week. We've just not got enough resources or enough people. How could we possibly start something new when what
2: we're doing already is a bit stretched? Yeah. So, what, what would you say to that? Sort so, like here of concern? here we've talked about church planting for quite a few years, and uh, it dawned on me a while ago that I was waiting for the convenient moment. And I've realised that moment won't come. There will never be a moment when we've got so many keyboard players that we have to start a new church just to get enough of them on the rotor. So we will never have enough you know, bodies, uh, enough coffee, enough money, enough uh, leaders with a vision. So in, in a sense, I think it's something we do because we understand that it's, it's part of the mission that's needed in our city and beyond, mm. and actually in a way it, it will be inconvenient mm. to all of us. It will be uh, a challenge for, for anyone who's sent to plant something, uh, but it, it will have lots of challenges in it, and it will also be a challenge for those that send. So mm. those that are sent and those that send uh, will both face challenges. Mm. Um, but what we, what we do know is that probably if, if a church just thinks about itself. It will it will eventually be fighting that urge just to be selfish. And we'll just be thinking, let's have better coffee and a bit louder music and a few more tablecloths. And and actually we we could drift so easily from the raw mission of why we exist in the first place. And so, as inconvenient as it is, planting a church and a group of people going off to do something reminds all of us of what what the mission of our Churches and what things are most important, mm. and help us to be outward looking and focused on God and caring about His kingdom, and all those things that we already know, but we can lose sight of if we just think it's it's just about us. Mm.
3: So, um, what about G two? So, we've kind of said that you were um, part of the first planting team at G two. So, can you tell us a bit about the journey G two's been on with church planting?
2: Kind of where we've come from as a church. So G2 was planted 10 years ago um, out of St Michael the Belfry, and there's a few of us in the room that were there. There's Jim and Shirley Roberts over there, and Luke uh, Smith and myself and all the others. We celebrated that at the beginning of the year, and it was, G2 was started in order to figure out if doing uh, a church meeting in a different place could reach another group. Um, of people and St Mike's has has tried a few other things as well um, along the way Um, and we as I said earlier we've been talking about church planting for quite a while and I I think in a way we're almost overdue uh, what a natural timetable is for us to plant out and actually if I could if I could go back and do it again I would have tried to get to this conversation uh, sooner. So I think it's great it's now, but I almost think actually um, we're rediscovering something about what should be normal for us at G2, um, that something that's planted um, plants again. And actually if you, um, and I spend lots of time reading research on church planting, um, some of the most of the energy from church planting comes from plants that have been planted. So actually churches that get planted often if uh, harness that energy that they started with, and then five years on, uh, the next thing is planted out of them. And I'm aware now, I've got friends like Tim Hughes in, in Birmingham, he's planted a church, St Luke's Gas Street, and they've already gone with the team to plant the church, and within that, a team that will plant the next church that they're going to plant. So it's like they're having a baby and they're already pregnant with the grandchild. Uh, Or something like that. (laughs) (laughs) Discuss that at your table. Yeah, good. So,
1: I think it might be helpful just to say for those that um, are not aware. So a few weeks ago we had an update um, about church planting at G2. And um, we've been talking, uh, me and Ellie have been talking for quite a long time. We're going to come to that in a minute about church planting. And we're um, excited to be starting something new really soon. So, before we get into that conversation, we thought it might be good if you could think about what questions you have. So, we're going to have three minutes, talk for people next to you, and there's some post notes on the table, and write down any question that you want to ask either Christian or you want to ask us, and then um, the little helpers over here will collect all of the questions and we'll find some good questions. Not all of them, in fact most of them won't be answered today, but it'll be really helpful and hopefully we'll be able to answer them in the future. So you have three minutes to just discuss amongst yourselves and write
2: some good questions down, and then we'll come back. So section two, we're going to hear a little bit from Josh and Ellie about something that specific they're planning about. And uh, I'm very aware that we have very little time today to talk about this, and there will be tons of questions and there's tons of detail, and we won't necessarily cover all of that Um, in this session, Um, but we are going to talk about this regularly, so probably every month there'll be an update and there'll be more to say next time and more to say uh, the time after that, etc. And also next year we'll do a teaching series on church planting and we can unpack some of the stuff that we find in the Bible and uh, answer other questions, that burning question that you've got. So thank you for what you've written on posting notes, that will help us to do a little bit about that. So we've talked a bit about church planting at G2 over the years. Last year, if you were here on Vision Sunday, we we named it as one of the key things that uh, we were uh, praying for and hoping that that would open up. And actually, uh, just before the summer, uh, Amanda and I hosted a church planting dinner party. And we had five couples came over and we had different discussions over different courses. It was great. It was really good. And um, I think that was kind of a turning point for Josh and Ellie, so they'll say a little bit um, about that. But I kind of wanted to just uh, unpack a bit of their story about where, what has got them to where they are today. So uh, maybe Josh first, can you just tell us a little bit about your G2 story? Yeah, so I arrived in York in 2008 as a student
1: and got stuck into G2 probably my second week in church and probably my third week was already helping to put chairs out because there's a very um, encouraging man called Luke Smith that would I would do anything that he asked me to do. So, um, I was stuck in from the beginning. I uh, did the first ever Ignition Sunday talk um, and got involved with leading student cell groups um, and was really involved as a student and eventually started preaching a bit and anchoring and at the end of my uh, three years at uni and then stayed on to work for GT two for a year as a parish assistant and did a bit more preaching and leadership and when we got married we started a cluster called... Yeah. Tell, Sorry.
2: Tell the story <laughs> about the prayer meeting <laughs> about getting married. So, they should all hear it. i so, I can say. Luke Smith started an all-night
1: prayer meeting and let's just really it's holy. very... Um,
3: it was quite helpful in us getting
1: together. <laughs> and we definitely went to praise. Yeah, it was
3: like, and all that friendly, That is the truth.
1: And then you got married. Yeah, yeah. we got married. It's yeah. fine. Don't worry. <laughs> yeah. So uh, as a just before we got married, actually, we started um, a 20s and 30s cluster, which basically we saw there were people in our church and we saw lots of our friends that had graduated that um, were really loved church and really looking for their faith. And then as soon as it work came along, it was really difficult, and they stopped going to church, and we thought, we don't want to see that in our community, in York, so we started the twenties and 30th semester, and our aim is to try and figure out, what does it mean to be a Christian, what does it mean to have faith, as a working person, as a person that's graduated from uni, and with all the new pressures that come with that. Um, Yeah, and then, so we joined the core team, and we've been involved in the core team for about two years now, and we love G2, it's great. And then uh, Ellie, what's your G2 story? Um,
3: so, similarly, I came as a student, but in 2007, I am a year older than Josh. Um, and so I got stuck in pretty quickly. Also, uh, Luke Smith went <laughs> copying with students on campus and said, so Ellie, what would you like to do at G2, having been one week? I said, oh, I like kids. He's like, great, you're on the kids' work rotor. So then like, I couldn't physically leave because I was already on the rotor. So, <laughs> so um, Luke just dragged all these students in when he was a student worker. Um, And then I stayed through my whole time at university. Um, And after uni, I also did a year as a parish assistant. So I um, worked, I was employed to be a G2 kids worker. And then for the other half of my week, I did international student work as a parish assistant. So I kind of... Got the full time whammy and got paid half of it. So, um, did that for a year, then handed on the the paid position to another kids' worker and stayed for an extra year as an international student parish assistant. So, that was two years working for G2, and it was the second year where we overlapped. Um, So, yeah, and then I guess similarly to Josh, we started 20s and 30s cluster. Um, But I suppose, yeah, we've just always kind of I think, when I think of my journey of being in New York, G2 is pretty much at the centre of it. and um, So it kind of feels like this is a natural extension of what we've been doing.
2: Yeah. Just cover your ears for a minute, because I just want to say, um, that's such an ordinary story. Um, these guys are going to plant something, but their story is they've just been involved in their church and they just served and did what was needed and helped. Um, and then have just responded step by step to do different things. I think that's amazing. Um, and um, God's developed them and trained them up and given them um, a vision. And why, why don't you just tell us a little bit uh, about that. What is God calling you to do?
1: Yeah, so I'd kind of like to pre that with start with. I think, I think what God's calling us to is really messy. So it doesn't all fit together, right? Yeah. And we don't know all of the details of it. Um, but I think what we do know is really exciting, and we, so out of, when we set up Cluster, I think in the back of my, of my mind, I was always like, "There oh, actually we could always do more for people, young adults in the church, because there's, there's just such a gap in the church for um, people engaging with church in that phase of life. And I always thought, well, then we could do something new, we could plan a church from this. And so that was kind of something that was always in the back of our minds of, and we really want to figure out what church looks like for people that really struggle to engage with um, church, and so um, that's kind of where we're at, and it, we've been thinking about it for a long time, but now it just really feels like the right time, a lot of things have come together at the right time, um, and we really just feel like we should go for it, we should try and start something new, and um, to try and engage with people that we as a community don't engage with um, and there's so much space for that in the city, so yeah.
2: And Ellie, how would you answer that? What's good calling you to do?
3: Um, I guess we also wanted to highlight that um, we're not quitting our jobs and yeah. becoming curate, you know, like there's that HDB church planting model where you think you've got £50,000 and an extra big girl, a massive team, <laughs> you, that's sorry. not where we're at, so when we talk about our calling, we're also, I'm called to be a teacher and yeah. Josh is called to be an academic at the yeah. university, and I guess when we think about the people we want to reach, it would almost be at odds to say that we're going to be working full time for the church. So when I think about calling, it's all of those f- things together. And our jobs are a massive part of um, our heart for the, the new plan because we want what we're serving in our day-to-day lives to be feeding into that. Um, and we want to be able to say to people, faith is not just what you do on a Sunday, it's your whole life. Mm-hmm. Um, so I guess I'd say there's all of those things. We don't have a five-year plan in the sense of, you know, this is all of our... Um, in 10 years if we've succeeded it might look like this and this and this because in many ways josh's job he's finishing his phd at the moment and academia is quite it's quite a tricky thing because you get short term positions so when we felt like we should church plant i really felt like god was saying it in some ways we were like we can't really see where we're going to be in a few years time how does i feel really uncomfortable doing this what is you know, it doesn't work out. And I think God was saying, you don't need to know where you're going. You don't need to say, I'm not going to do what I you're calling me to in the present because you can't see where you're going to be in two, three years. That makes no sense. Don't preempt what I'll call you to then to say, I'm not going to do what you're asking me to do now. So I think it was very much a step of obedience, yeah. um, even though we didn't necessarily
2: know what it would yeah. look like. So um, I would say at the moment you're in like a, a figuring stuff out phase, um, and you can tell us a little bit about some of the stuff you've been doing. So in some ways there, you can't answer some questions about what will it look like and what will it be, etc. But um, such that you know what you can say, um, do, can you give us any more details about what you think this involves? Yeah, so um, we gathered, the first thing we did
1: when we would think about this is we gathered a a team together, and they should be on screen in a minute. So we gathered a team of people that had basically expressed interest in church planning, people that had come to us and said they really had a passion for church planning, they thought something should happen, and some of these conversations had been going on for quite a long time. And so it just, it felt like quite a natural team of people to start this conversation. So the first thing we did was uh, we gathered a team and then we went away for a weekend and we talked about um, what kind of thing do we want to start what kind of community do we want to be and and um, like christian says the details are not fully worked out but we we kind of have some values, some vague values that we think are going to be really important for whatever we do next and so um th- firstly we want to be a community that's really creative in how it worships god and how it engages with god so we want to not have a fixed thing that we do on um, in a Sunday meeting. We want to um, experiment with different ways of worshiping God, and um, the part of the reason for that is is the second thing we want to be is really accessible. And so we want to be a place where um, if you've been worshiping, if you've been in a church for years, or you've never been in a church, um, or you've been in a church and you've disconnected with the church, this can be a place that you can belong. And so. We deliberately don't want to just do the same thing every week. We want to be able to try out different things. Um, and do you want to talk a little bit about... We, so we, we have this... We've been around this idea of being honestly spiritual. Do you want to say a little bit about what we...
3: Yeah, I think we say saying we want to do something creative where there's discussion. Sometimes people kind of think that sounds... A- A bit maybe weird in the sense that will it just be, oh, we're just going to discuss faith, but we're not going to be like really clear about what it means to follow Jesus. I think we just wanted to be honest from the beginning that we still are a church, we're not just like a discussion group where anyone can come along and sort of pitch their ideas. So we were saying, even though those things are true, um, you know, Jesus will still be at the centre and clearly put forward, but also honestly spiritual in the sense that. We want to explore spirituality in all of its kind of different aspects, um, so whatever that might look
1: like. Does that answer it? Yeah, yeah I think that's good, yeah. And, and lastly, we want to be a community. We want to be not just a meeting which you can attend, but a group of people that um, really get to know each other and really treat each other as family. So, they're the, they're the ideas, the values that we're working out of at the moment. and. I think that's been really helpful for us to just set down what are the values we want to do and then what might it look like. And so, um, and at the moment we're thinking we're, we're probably going to try and do something on a, a Sunday morning and hopefully something in town. Yeah. Um, and we quite like the idea of being focused around brunch, but maybe that's just for my own benefit. <laughs> um, but, so, so we're trying to work out what it would look
2: like to start a church with those values as our starting point. I think it's really worth recognising this. Uh, it, it will be easy just to multiply this yeah. or some other model, and there's nothing wrong with that. But just like I said, there's a variety of things that could be church planting. In a way, you, you want to do something innovative for people that you particularly have in mind, etc. So there's, there's an immense amount of seeking God mm-hmm. and thinking and figuring stuff out in that and so and in a way, it sounds like you don't have a huge number of details, but I think that's because you're thinking very deeply yeah. about what is this. Yeah. Um, and the other thing I think worth saying is, uh, it's not, the plan isn't that you're gonna just leave and then yeah. it's just like, goodbye. <laughs> uh, but actually, we wanna plan and stay connected. Uh, you still need support, supporters, encouragement. Mm. Um, uh, we wanna be doing that journey Um, together you will rely on others here who maybe are not coming with you and maybe you you just want to sum up what do you feel like you need from G2 as a whole right now for what you're planning
3: Um, I guess on one simple level we need people who get the vision and who want to come with us and so like yeah we've put a team up here I guess this is a core team of people who we've asked at the beginning to share the vision with us but we will need a wider team of people to help Make things happen, and I suppose what we want to say to people is if God's moving in your heart and you think this is something you you want to do, then um, we will need people not obviously everyone, but some people to join with us. But I guess on that, we'll also need people who are definitely going to be still like here and championing us, I guess is the word we use. So, people who are going to really be praying and supporting and kind of asking how things are going and like Christian said we're not just leaving so we probably will still come and um, like sometimes to this service so people can ask us how things are going um, and you could come check out what we're doing so i think it's knowing that there's prayer and there's support and um, kind of on both sides
2: And there's gonna be like a facebook group say a little bit about yeah. the prayer meeting yeah. and that's not just for people who want to cover is that it's for anyone who wants to support what you're doing Yes. Yeah, so
1: we, as a team, we've been trying to pray every Sunday morning since we first met. Um, that has happened to varying degrees of success. But we'd like to um, invite all of you to come and start praying with us. And so um, that's not a thing for if you definitely want to come with us. It might be you're, ex- you're thinking about whether this is the right thing. It might be you just want to come and support us and pray with us. And if you're interested in coming to that, do come and talk to us and we'll get your names down. And we'll say something from the front when we're going to start doing that. But just a heads up, to keep your Sunday mornings free, probably sometime towards the end of November or December. Yeah. And we'll say more about that later. Please. Yeah. Mm-hmm. We've run out of time and there's so much I
2: guess we could have said, but it'd be great to go with the questions from the tables to 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 hear what people <coughs> in the room wanted to ask. Do you want
0: to grab one of the great, how exciting? Um, okay, so uh, Obviously, there's no perfect time to plant. But how do you know if you're jumping the gun? How do you know that there's no perfect time to plant? How do you know that you're called to it? How do you know you're not jumping the gun here? Do
3: you want
1: to try? Yeah. So I think the reason that I think we're not jumping the gun is because uh, this has been something that's been on our heart and something we've really cared about for at least three years now, and something that we've had lots of conversations about, prayed a lot about. And I think for the first time, this has felt like something real and something that um, God is really moving with us and um, that the team that we gathered just seemed to just click straight away and it just seemed like the right time. But I think also, like Christian said, there is no perfect time to go with this. There is never going to be a time when the church is perfectly resourced or when we are, as a team, perfectly resourced to do this. So I guess uh, my answer is um, it's, it seems like the right time. It makes sense, and everything's just come together in a way that just seems to be from God.
2: And I, I chip in that it's not just up to them. So they, like, these guys, have been talking with me, and so they've got other other people are helping them to say, is this is this the right thing um, to do? Um, so it's, it's not just what they're deciding.
3: Great, so second question, um, and we're hoping and praying that this doesn't happen, but what happens if it fails?
2: Yeah, it might fail. Uh, I've got a friend, Stephen Nicholson, who heads a church planting in vineyard in the US, and they deliberately aim for 10% of their plants to fail. <laughs> Cover your ears. Because they really want to be on the edge of mission, and if you play it so safe that there is no possibility of fail, then you're not, you're not on the edge of mission. You're probably, you're probably covering ground already covered. Um, so in a way, it, 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 could, it needs to be daring enough to be fully reliant on God and will require more than these guys have for it to succeed. And there will be some holes in the plan they have that others need to fill. Mm-hmm. And it's also on uh, those that are sending them but not going with them mm-hmm. To be cheering it on and giving whatever we can to help it to work as well.
0: Yeah, which leads quite nicely onto this question. How will the people you were sent out to plant be looked after so they don't burn out?
2: I'll
1: let you answer that. Come oh, on. <laughs> we can I've I'd, no idea. I mean,
2: I'd say chocolate yeah. and hugs <laughs> and um, like Starbucks. <laughs> yes. Relationship. I don't know, but, I, but, what, but the question is right in that we're not parting company. That's right. We are moving forward together in partnership, but the landscape changes. Um, and so it's just on all of us to, to make sure that these guys are looked after. I think as well, uh, those of us that have kind of done it before understand some of the pressures and can help you um, navigate some of those. Um, And I think it has to be an ongoing thing. And I'm I'm talking to a few people who are getting a church plant, and what I'm saying to all of them is actually, uh, we need to walk with you in it, because there are some unique challenges and pressures that come um, from that. And it's entirely right that the wider Christian community and other leaders and other people are supporting it and not just saying goodbye and good luck uh, but actually saying we're in it yeah. with you yeah. and we will do whatever we can to help you so um,
3: yeah that's great, we we're actually going to give all these questions to Josh and Ellie because so we haven't got time to answer all of them but we're going to end on this last one which says um, how big do you want it to be and will it mean um, saying goodbye to some people from g
1: so we don't know how big we want it to be um, I think, um, my instinct is, I think if it got above 50, we should do something new again. Um, because I think the kind of thing we want to do is, um, that part of the reason that it works, being creative, and being accessible, is because it's small. And so, um, my instinct is it wouldn't get above 50 before I plan it again. Um, but I don't know. I'm, I'm willing, and I'm, with faith, hoping that God will bring thousands of people through the door the first time we start, right? you know. So I don't know the answer to that question in full. But I think probably the sort of thing we want to do will stay fairly small. Is there anything you want to add?
3: Um, I was just going to say, when we met on our weekend away, um, something Joe Blair said, which was really helpful, is we want to plant something that has the DNA of planting in it. Mm -hmm. um, And also, something to say with Church size, I always think about it There's kind of a model of if you have small churches, they can actually replicate themselves. And so you'll get more growth if you've got lots of small churches than if you have one giant church. And so I think it wouldn't necessarily need to be very big for it to be successful.